Hey, hello everyone. It's great to be able to share with you today. So my name's Tim. Oh, I've got one too. Thank you. Um, if I haven't met you before, um, and we are actually just finishing a section today of this big series we've been doing over the years, so called The Way. Um, and we're at the end of chapter six, and we're going to take a break and pick up chapter seven next year in Matthew 7. And this is, this is Jesus' core teaching called the Sermon on the Mount. And we're saying Jesus has come to rescue us and to save us and to purchase forgiveness. But he's also come to show us the way to true life and to freedom and to know what it means to live in God's kingdom. So we're sort of actually following Jesus in, in life. And it's really interesting because Jesus spoke these words 2,000 years ago. And as we saw last week, they're incredibly relevant today. Um, people struggled back then with the dangers of wealth. This is what we talked about last week, about it's so easy to be drawn away from worshiping God and start to worship money. And we talked about that last week and, and how Jesus says we have to pick and we worship God with our money, not worship money as God. And Jesus keeps going. This, this sort of teaching today adds on to that, but it's talking about this issue of worry and anxiety. And again, right, like 2,000 years ago, people struggled with this. And today it's pretty relevant, um, probably increasingly so as well. There's so many people around, particularly young people, but I think all ages, that the idea of anxiety, um, mental health, just, just worry in general is such a big thing. And, and we talk about it a lot more, which is really good, but it seems to even be more prevalent as well. And interestingly, right, Jesus 2,000 years ago is speaking into that issue, and it's still an issue today. Jesus is, is so smart. He's so wise. He knows the issues of human life, and they're, they're the issues of human life. It doesn't matter sort of what time period you live in. They're relevant as humans. And Jesus is going to speak into this issue, and we want to hear what he has to say today. Um, you probably have got a flower, um, and Jesus says to look at the flowers. So they, you're following what Jesus says already. You can look at the flower, and, and we're going to sort of teach through this as we go. But that's kind of just something for you to hang on to and just sort of ponder as we go, something a bit tactile. So you can keep that, um, and, and we'll talk about that a little bit more as we go through. And just, just before we start, basically today, I'm just going to go through that passage that Judy read out. We're just going to explain some things, bring about a main sort of point, what's Jesus really saying. And then we're going to, because this is such a big topic, I'm going to do the same thing I did last week, which was say, well, what is he not saying, and what is he saying? And try and bring some clarification. And again, we've got like half an hour to talk about anxiety. It's huge. Last week we did it with money. It's huge. So it's sort of just brushing the surface. Um, and just as a little caveat, I suppose that's what we're saying, that this is a big issue. Um, it's a relevant issue. There's probably many people even today who may be here, and, and maybe you only just got here because this is such a big issue. Even just leaving the house is so difficult. And I really want to say today that this is not like a, okay, just listen to a message for 30 minutes and now you're fixed. And this is not like all you need to do is do this and don't get other help. Like there's definitely need for, for, for people to get counselling potentially. Sometimes this issue can be so big it needs medication. Like, like all of that is still in the mix of this big complex topic. But what we're doing today is saying, what does Jesus have to say about this? How can he bring some light on this? And we sort of put that... In, in the big, big picture. So it's not like just quick fix easy. It's this is big, but Jesus has some wisdom and, and real insight into what it means to be human and the real need that we actually, if what Jesus is saying is true, we actually don't need to worry ever, which is crazy. And if you see someone who doesn't ever worry, you probably think they're like an alien. 
But Jesus is, is speaking into this issue, and it's really powerful. So I'm going to pray, teach through, and then, then what is he saying, what is he not saying? So let's, let's pray. Jesus, just thank you so much. You are so awesome that you would come to earth as we celebrate at Christmas. You would give your life for us. You've, you've died in our place as we celebrated communion. You rose from the dead, and you're alive. And we have your word, and your word speaks into our hearts and brings freedom and brings life and truth and healing. Thank you that you are good and your plans for us are good and you have so much grace and kindness to us. So, Lord, we just ask that you'd speak today. Um, the words that you spoke those years ago, Jesus, would you speak them into our hearts by your Holy Spirit? Um, would you bring freedom, particularly, God, for those, those who really struggle with this, God? Would there be a breakthrough? Would there be a, a step forward? Would there be hope we pray in your name, and we just place ourselves in your hands just in this time. Amen. So, like I said, what this passage is continuation from last week. So last week, Jesus is talking about the dangers of wealth and how it doesn't make sense to store all your wealth on earth because it's going to rot, it might get stolen, we're going to die anyway. It makes sense to actually invest your life into the kingdom of heaven, to the things that last, the things that are eternal. Jesus doesn't say don't store treasure he says, be smart where you store it. It's actually smarter to store it in God's kingdom where it lasts forever rather than amass it on earth where it might get stolen, it might go, you're going to die anyway. And then eventually he talks about this, this issue is so important to trust God with our material possessions, to use them to serve him, not to trust them. Because as soon as we start to trust them, they can so easily become a God and they start to dictate to us what we have to do to survive. So Jesus has sort of done that teaching, but then he adds on to it this link with anxiety, which is interesting because material possessions, there's often a link to anxiety. Will we have enough? What will we do? Will someone take them? There's all these issues. So this is sort of where he's going. So let's read through. So he says, based on what he said before, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. One commentator translates it this way. He says, you can quit worrying about your life. And again, I don't think Jesus is saying like a harsh, like don't worry. Like, like it's like you can quit worrying about your life. You don't need to worry about your life. Don't worry about your life, what you will eat or drink. So Jesus is talking about basic necessities of life, right? Like we need food and water, but he says you don't need to worry about it. Or about your body, what you will wear. So clothes, a basic necessity of life, and, and what we look like potentially is more important for some people than whether they have food or not. Like, like that, that can be a big issue. But he says don't worry about what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? He's saying it's easy to get stuck on these basic necessities of life. Again, in our culture, it's so easy that life is really about pleasure, food, looking good, and maybe because we have so much stuff, we can sort of add entertainment. Like, what are we going to do that's fun? Like, life can be about those things. But Jesus is saying, no, life is about more than that. It's about more than food. Your body is about more than just what you wear. And as we go through, he's going to get, again, like last week, he's going to give logical questions and reasoning. He doesn't just say, don't worry. He's going to argue it and make it make sense in his frame of reference about what the world is actually like, the kingdom of God. It actually doesn't make sense to worry. So he says, look at the birds of the air. Imagine Jesus is speaking this message out in the field. There's birds all around the place. He tells people, actually, just look at them. I did this this week. I encourage you to do it this week. Maybe just go for a walk, just a slow walk, and just notice the birds. I went out here this week. I saw some magpies 
in the, in the car park. I saw some birds down Kalanga. And I didn't see any birds farming. Like, I didn't see any birds building big buildings. I didn't see any birds with wallets or like storing stuff away. Like Jesus says, they don't sow or reap. Birds don't farm. They don't store away into barns. They don't amass a stack of stuff. They don't have banks to store their money in. Yet, your heavenly Father feeds them. Jesus is saying, actually, look at the world that your creator God has made and realize that there's these birds, they just sort of go about their life, and God is attentive to them. God, and, and we might say, well, no, the birds just sort of get their food by just whatever sort of falls on the ground. But, but Jesus is saying, no, in a Christian worldview, in a biblical worldview, God is the creator and the sustainer. And the reason that they have food is because God has provided it. And, and God actually cares for these birds and makes a way for them to survive. And Jesus then does this comparison thing. He says, are you not much more valuable than them? If God the Creator cares enough that he gives it care and attention to birds to make sure that they have enough to eat, won't he care for you? Aren't you more valuable than them? And he's, he's going to keep arguing. Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Again, this is rational. Obviously, the answer is no. But again, worry is probably not really a rational thing. We don't really say, oh, I need to worry about that so I get something done. Like, like worry doesn't rationally make any sense. It doesn't help at all. It doesn't achieve anything. And it's sort of easy to say that. It's hard to stop it. But this, this is the point that he's trying to make, that actually, if anything... Worrying about things actually just makes life more difficult. The word tra the translated here, worry or anxious, it has connotations of strangling. To, to worry is kind of to strangle or to restrict, to close space. And if you start to feel anxious, that's how you kind of start to feel, like, like, like constricted. And, and that doesn't help life at all. That just makes life more difficult. So it doesn't help. It just makes things harder. So he's saying this, this, to live that way does not make any sense. He does another comparison. Why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. Now, these flowers are a slight exception. They were grown by Freddie at his um, nursery or his farm, and then they got given to Renee and got here, so it's sort of been on a bit of a journey. But, but still, if you have a look at the flowers that you have, and just their natural beauty, but even not those ones, like even like if you go home today again, like I saw some sort of weed sort of flowers just growing out the front of the yard, like we didn't plant them. Like there's fields and bush, there'll be flowers there that no one planted, but no one will ever see them. And again, you go and look at these flowers and they're not making clothes. Like they're not working hard. Like they're not deciding what to wear. Jesus says they don't labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. So Jesus is doing another comparison. He says, look at the flowers of the field that just sort of grow naturally and compare them to the richest man that ever lived, Solomon. Incredibly rich. Probably the best clothes. And he's saying, actually, when you look at the difference, like, flower beats Solomon massively. Like, sort of person with these rich clothes. Like, sometimes you can kind of just almost look silly. But there's this natural beauty of just like a flower of the field. And he says, actually, that that's, looks even better than Solomon, the really rich man with all his clothes. And again, this comparison, if that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? Again, what he's saying about God is that God is the kind of God who is attentive to flowers. 
He clothes flowers with beauty. His creation that he's made has beauty in it. That, that's what he's like. He's creative. He's the creator God. And he, and he makes these things, these beautiful flowers that, again, no one may even see them. They could be on a hill that no one even sees, no one appreciates. They could be actually made like the ones that you have today that, that you can appreciate, you can smell, but they're only going to last a few days and then they're going to get chucked out. Like, like they don't, they're not really that valuable in that sense. They're not really last very long. But God is attentive and careful towards them. So by comparison, if that's what God's like with flowers, how much more will he clothe you? Do you see what Jesus is doing? He's, he's giving this detailed picture of what God, our Heavenly Father, is actually like with his creation. Therefore, what is he like with us, humans, people created in his image who he loves? And he says, this ultimately is the issue, you of little faith. We don't believe that about God. Jesus is saying they don't believe, they don't understand what God is like, that he's the heavenly father, that he is present, that he cares, that he's attentive. Because we don't believe that, we worry. We're anxious. It's on us. Do you see the issue? And Jesus, Jesus knew this. He lived by faith and he could sleep in a storm and he's not bothered because he knows his father knows, his father's aware, he's a care, he's attentive. So Jesus has this peace. So he says, so do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? What shall we wear? So again, basic necessities of life. Don't worry about it. Like, and you can imagine, he's talking to people, like, like this is coming to us. Like most of us probably aren't really necessarily worried about what we're going to eat and drink, right? Like, like we probably have food in the cupboard at home, probably can go to the shops pretty easily. Jesus is speaking to people on a hillside, probably many of whom are very poor, are following Jesus, don't know where they're going to sleep, don't know where they're going to eat, don't have any idea about any of that. And Jesus says, don't worry about it. Don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to wear. He says, for the pagans, this is like the Gentiles, people who don't know the true God, run after these things. So people who don't know the Father in heaven, they think, well, we have to make sure life, it's on us. It's up to us to make sure life works. It's up to us to make sure the gods provide for us. So we have to worry. We have to make sure we are on top of these things. But he says, no, no, no. We know our heavenly Father. And your heavenly Father knows that you need these things. Do you know that's interesting, right? Like Jesus doesn't say you don't need these things. He doesn't say, you don't need food, you don't need clothes, just life is good, God will provide, doesn't matter. Like, Jesus is saying, you need these things. Like, you do need food, and you do need clothes. But he's saying, your Father in heaven knows that. He's aware of that. He knows that you need them. So he says, therefore, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. So the alternative to worry and to being um, anxious about life, about material possessions. But I think this can expand to just other things we might be anxious about, getting a, a job, a family member, other issues. Take that energy and instead put it into God's kingdom. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. We realize that God is our Father. Let's trust him and follow him first. And then he says, and all these things will be given you as well. That God, the Heavenly Father, knows we need these things, and he'll provide them. He will look after us. He shows us care and attentiveness. So we can focus on him and let those others take care of themselves. Then he finishes. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble 
of its own. So worrying about tomorrow, like it's almost like you've got enough to worry about today and to even worry about worrying about tomorrow. Like, like just let that go and, and let's deal with not worrying about the stuff today. And again, he's not saying that we're not going to have troubles. He's not saying we're not going to have distractions. We're not going to say have issues. He's saying actually today you're going to have trouble. Like each day has enough trouble, enough distractions, enough problems, enough issues. Like there's going to be, Jesus isn't saying that life will just be easy. There'll be no problems at all. Like, like everything's just going to be provided and fine. Like, no, there's going to be problems and issues. We see this in Jesus' life. We see this in his followers' life. But he's saying, actually, you can trust God with the issues of today and just stay in that place today with him. So what he's really saying, what he's trying to get to us is this picture of who God is and what he's like. And if we get that, worry doesn't make any sense. This is kind of how I'm framing it this week. The way of Jesus is to live trusting in the care and power of a loving Heavenly Father. That, that God is our loving Heavenly Father. He has all power, and He's caring, and He's attentive. And again, like we said at the start, right, the anxiety is a big issue. There's, there's, there's multiple problems. And again, you may even be thinking like, you might have a million questions already, thinking like, Tim, you don't understand. Like, what about this? What about this? What about this? But just if we like hypothetically think about this for a second, I think Jesus' argument makes sense. Like, hypothetically, even if, maybe if you're not even sure about God and, and what you believe about God, but, but hypothetically, if there's a God who's all-powerful, who's all-good, and who is the perfect Father, there's, there's, there's no evil, there's no darkness in Him, He's all-good, and He's the perfect Father, and He knows you intimately, he knows the details of your life. Jesus even says another time, he knows the hairs on your head. He's perfect, he's good, he loves, he's loving, and he knows, and he cares, and he's promised to love and support and provide for you. If we actually believed that, then there is never any need to worry about anything. Like, worry does not make any sense in that situation. Like, a child... With a perfect father, the child can just fully relax, fully be at peace. Any issues that come up, my father knows he's got it. He's aware he's got it. I can trust him. I can rest in him. There's never any need to worry about anything. And again, that I picture of God might bring up questions, but I think that, that was Jesus' picture of God, that God is a father who loves, who cares, who's perfect, who's good. And the issue of faith is to trust that is to believe that, to actually rest our weight on that. And if we do that, then worry, this kind of anxious care that we have to get our food, we have to get our water, we have to get our clothes, like, that doesn't make any sense. That's like a kid without a dad who has to provide for themselves. Like, Jesus is actually saying, you can live this way. So what I want to do is then, just sort of, just to finish off, going to give three kind of ideas. Well, what does this really mean? What is he saying? Because, again, it's big and there might be some confusion. And, and what is he not saying? And what is he saying? So I think this is, this is what he's not saying is don't work. Like, Jesus is not saying, you can just stay home, like, you can just relax on the couch, watch Netflix, like, God is just going to put the food on the table, God is just going to pay the bills, like, just relax. Like, that's, that's, because you might have been thinking that, like, what, how are we going to actually get the food? Like, like, no, he's not saying that. And again, if you think about it, the example that he gives of birds, I went out to look at the birds this week, they're doing a lot of work. Like, the birds are out looking for food. 
they're, they're um, hunting around, like they're taking it back to their young, the nests, like, like the birds are looking for food. They're, they're working. So Jesus is not saying that we don't work. Jesus is not saying we don't have to go and find food. Jesus is not saying we don't have to actually drive to the grocery store or, or, or take a job. Like, he's not saying that at all. What he is saying is don't work anxiously. Because often our work can be done anxiously. We're working because if we don't, we're not going to have enough. We're working because if we don't, we're not going to be provided for. Or sometimes, and, and I, I, I struggle with that, even this week, it's, it's interesting as we sort of, some of us have been talking, like as you sort of lead into talking about a topic, often you sort of grapple with it more. And, and I've shared before, like, I've had major struggles with anxiety, pretty good at the moment actually, but this week I was just a little bit anxious. I think then probably more anxious because like, I'm preaching on anxiety, I probably shouldn't be anxious, like, and it gets sort of worse. And then, and then but, but just this week, we were in camping the last couple of days, and sometimes when it gets to the end of the week, I can get anxious. And it's because I start to think, well, have I done enough work this week? Have I achieved enough? Have I, have I sort of met the standard? Am I kind of allowed to have a break? And sort of mentally, I'm kind of like, well, yes, I've, I did plenty of work. Like, I've done extra work. Like, it's fine. But that sort of still doesn't fix it. And then after a while, I start to realize that's not really the question that I'm asking. The question that I'm asking is actually sometimes I can work, actually probably often, to not feel anxious. There's this thing of like, if I work hard enough, I won't feel anxious. I'll achieve and then I won't feel anxious. And the work is to try and get rid of the anxiety that doesn't work. You have to keep working. And, even when you, and then you can't rest. And then it gets worse. And that's the issue. That's, that's anxious work. Rather than realizing, actually, if I'm anxious, it's because I'm not believing this about God. I'm not trusting in Him. I'm not resting in Him. So when you come back to that place of faith and then work from that place. So he's not saying don't work. He's saying don't work anxiously. This is one um, author says this. Jesus' reference to the birds is not indolence. It's like Jesus is not saying the birds are lazy. But Jesus is also not saying that the birds are industri industriousness. That it's not pro-industriousness. That the birds are so hardworking, be like them. It's pro-faith. The birds kind of just live and God provides. It, it, it's this, this and, and again, they're not humans. They don't have to actually actively put faith in God. But the way that they live is like that. They just, there's this expectation that there'll be food. We go and look for it for the day. We eat the food. We go back. And that's how it's actually to be with us and God. Actually, this expectation, God is going to provide. He's a good father. We can trust him. We do our work for the day and we do it from a place of peace and rest. So how do we do that? What I'm sort of saying is, what is he not saying? What is he saying? Well, how do we actually live this way? And, and what we're going to sort of say, this idea of focus, so we kind of already mentioned it a bit today. The, the issue is focus. When we focus on the problems, we focus on our anxiety, or even on getting rid of it, like I can try and get rid of it through working, the issue is focus. We have to change and switch our focus. So how do we do that? We actually focus on God's provision. It's not enough to just say, don't be anxious. We have to redirect our focus back to our Father, we have a Father who provides. We have a Father who is faithful. Who knows? Who cares? So focus attention on that, and then we go and work from that place, not working anxiously. So secondly, what is he not saying? Again, I don't think Jesus is saying, don't think about or plan for the future. He's not saying just, just sort of live day to day, never think about the future, never make plans, don't have any savings. Like, like that's just, you see that in the Bible that, that's not how people are encouraged to live. Sometimes that's a relevant way to live, 
but Jesus' disciples did have some money at times. Um, there's times in the Bible when people are encouraged to plan for the future. Joseph um, is encouraged to plan for the famine that's coming, to, to actually get some food together so that people will survive through the famine. So the, again, the issue is not never think about the future or don't plan for it. That's, that, that is a valid part of life, and we see that, that, that there, there is good things about that. Again, the issue is don't worry about the future. Again, there's a difference between just thinking and making some plans, again, that are loose, that could change, and worrying. And often the future we can so easily worry about. We sort of project what could happen. And then we try and fix, well, if that happens, I'll do this. And then, well, if that doesn't work, I'll do this. And then, what if this happens? And what if that happens? And then we get to it, and none of those things happen. Something really different happens. Or the thing that we're so worried about is going to happen, God just deals with, and we don't even have to face it. Like, often the future that we imagine is nowhere near as bad as what we actually experience. And the time we've spent worrying about the future is just a, a waste of time. And so what he's saying is not don't think about it, don't plan but don't worry about it. Don't go over and again with it. And again, this is what he's saying in these verses we looked at. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Just kind of let tomorrow go in terms of worry. Each day has enough trouble of its own. It's almost like he's saying, you've got enough to worry about today or to, not, to try not to worry about today. Let go of the idea of like worrying about and fixing tomorrow. Just let that go. And we see this in the Lord's Prayer as well. We pray, give us today our daily bread. This idea of, of God providing for today. And there's this, this interesting idea, again, of focus. How do we do this? How do we not worry about the future? The thing to do is actually, in terms of focus, is focus on today. And today may involve some preparation for the future, but the focus is on today. The focus is on God. Would you provide food for me today? Would you give me faith to trust you today? Would you help me not to struggle with anxiety today? Like, like just one day. And actually, when we start to live like that, things get easier. It's actually, God, I just need to, I've got enough to deal with today. I'm just going to be here and focus on this day with you. And then I just trust the future to you. And then as like over time we live like that, it can just lead to this sense of peace a real experience of provision even when we live that way. Actually, we, God, you provided for that thing today, like when you get to the end of the day. And then we start to realize, actually, he is this good father that we can trust and we can walk with. We don't have to have it all mapped out. We can actually live one day at a time with God, just at peace, trusting, resting in him. So he's not saying don't think about the future. He's saying don't worry about the future. How do we not worry about the future? Focus on today. And even praying the Lord's Prayer each day, give us today our daily bread, that's a, that's a way to focus there. Lastly, almost done. What is he not saying? Again, I've kind of already said this, but I want to make a point. I don't think Jesus is just saying, just don't worry. Just like, knock it off. Just, just cut it out. Just stop. Because again, that doesn't really help. It doesn't work. It just makes you anxious that now you're anxious. And, and worried that you're worrying. Like, like, if you worry it, you know what it's like. like so I don't think that's his point, that he's saying that. I think, I think he, he is saying that. But it's not that simple. And I don't think he's really saying, just stop it. He's saying, you can quit it. You don't need to do it. And he's saying, don't do it because it's not helpful. Like, it's not a, it's not a good way to live. So he is saying, don't do it. But it's not just, just knock it off. What he's actually saying is, again, focus. Take that energy. Focus on your Father in heaven. Focus on his character. 
Focus on his kingdom. That's what he is about, what God is working in the world, what he's prioritizing. Focus attention on that. And that's a difficult thing to do when you're anxious. That's a difficult thing to do when you're worried because often sort of mind is just frazzled. But to focus, and sometimes like even just sitting in silence for a bit, just sort of slowing down, remembering, that's right, God's there. And he's a father. And he's at work. And he loves me. And we focus attention there. And again, that sounds like an easy thing, but that's difficult. And what we're saying is not you just do that and then you're good. How do we do that? Really... Oh, so let me just read this. this is, so this is this idea of like replacing worry with a different passion. So this guy, David Guzik, says, Jesus didn't just tell them to stop worrying. He told them to replace worry with a concern for the kingdom of God, to divert the focus. A habit or passion can only be given up for a greater habit or passion. So it's not just stop. It's basically like switch. Switch your focus. Remember the Father. Trust in him. Let go and come back to this place of rest and confidence in him. And how do we actually do that? I think this, this journey, and again, particularly in sort of our time, particularly if this is a big issue, it's not a quick fix. It's not like, a, okay, I've got the sermon. Okay, I've got the strategy. No, it's a whole life lived as an apprentice of Jesus or as a disciple of Jesus. Say so Jesus is the perfect example of how to live trusting your father. We say, we're going to live our whole life like him. And as we do that, we will slowly become people who don't worry over time. Slowly become people who are not anxious over time. And it looks like doing what Jesus did, which would be spending time in prayer with the Father. Be learning the scriptures like Jesus. It would be, be following God in his call on our lives. It would be like Joel spoke about the other day, fasting, like all these sort of practices and habits that Jesus lived, that we live as his apprentice, as we do that over time, as we live with community with other people, as we sort of walk by faith, we slowly become more like him. We slowly start to realize how he understood God and we start to be able to reflect him. So again, this is not a quick fix. It's a journey becoming like Jesus. And as we do, his goal for us is that we become people who never need to worry people who are never anxious, face massive issues. Not that there's no problems or trouble. We'll face big problems and trouble, but can even face those with peace. And this is that, that's the goal, a long journey with Jesus, needing his power, his strength, his spirit. But that's the direction. It's more a direction of transformation as his apprentice. So the way of Jesus is to live trusting in the care and power of a loving heavenly father. And if we really believe that, if we get that, we never need to worry about anything. And what we're going to do just to kind of respond, I've just got a couple of things to do um, as we finish up. So you might have that flower there. Maybe you've been looking at that. Even just spend some time reflecting that how much God values something so small and insignificant. Therefore, that, that, that you, you can take it home and keep it. And even maybe when it dies, or even if you want to today, just like chuck it in the bin and realize like this is a beautiful creation that really is just going to get chucked out. Like, but God loves you and cares for you so much more than that. And you can rest and trust in his care and his value over your life. And maybe today, again, like, or even this week, there might be times when we start to feel anxious. And again, I think sometimes we just, the, the temptation is just to get rid of it. I don't want to feel that. I don't want to deal with that. But actually, the, really, the reality, in order to get rid of it, we often have to experience it. 
and let it go. This is what First Peter says. I love this verse. It says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. But in some ways, sometimes we have to acknowledge it. And you can acknowledge it to God. You can come to God and say, God, I'm anxious. I'm worried about this situation. I don't know what to do. And you actually feel it and experience it. And it's uncomfortable. But then you cast it on him. You let it go towards him. And often, if we don't go through that process, it kind of can just get stuffed and it can kind of just get buried. And But it still affects us. So you have to have to feel it, but let it go. I love... The message translation of this verse, um, Eugene Peterson says, Live carefree before God. He is most careful with you. You can let it go. You can give it over to him. And again, that's not just like a one-time thing. It's a continual again and again, knowing that he loves and he's careful with us. So what we're going to do is I'm going to pray. And then um, actually maybe can we, can we stand together? I'm just going to pray. And then what I'd like us to do is to read Psalm 23 out together because this is the perfect picture of this kind of life. Through troubles, through difficulties, there's actually an ability to live at peace with God and at rest and not worrying. So I'm going to pray and then we'll read this together and then we'll sing to finish. So Father, we just thank you for your vision for our life free of anxiety and, and free of worry. And we just ask for your power um, to step into that and to experience that. Pray, God, even today that, that we would experience that, that, the ability we have to let go of anxiety and worry and trust you, that you would just take us on a journey. Make us people who are just peaceful, that we even look strange to others. When we're facing major difficulties, we're at rest and at peace, and it doesn't make any sense because we're living in this different reality with you as our Father, with knowing that you care, knowing that you love us. So would you shape us to be that kind of people individually, God, and and as a church even, that we can respond um, to the issues in our world, Lord, not freaking out, but with, with proactive just love and care and attention. So would you do this work in our hearts, we pray, Lord. Amen. So let's let's read this together. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord.